Welcome to The Birth Collective, a podcast to honour the birth journey collectively from conception, pregnancy, through to birth, breastfeeding and beyond. I'm your host, Tina Pullen, and in each episode, I'll be joined by experts in the birth space, as well as mums at different stages in their birth journey, sharing their knowledge and experiences. And today we are joined by Mindy, who is a mum of one, and she attended one of my hypnobirthing classes. I can't remember when that was. It was last year. Yeah, mid-2021. Oh my gosh. Was that pre or post lockdown? The day we went into lockdown. Oh my gosh, you were in that course. Yeah. Oh, that when when we were in class. Then I think someone said, oh, we're going into lockdown tonight. Yeah, we're going to lockdown at 5pm. You're like, lucky we finished just before that. You'll make it home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's right. And I had dinner plans. I think I still went. Don't tell anyone. I think it's a podcast. I remember you were saying that the dinner was just before lockdown starts. You're like, Uh, I think I can still go. Like, you have to eat quickly. Yeah, and I think it's like... Just as he wasn't strict yet. You know, when it was when lockdown started, it wasn't yeah. like the 5K radius and it wasn't like the fines and things like yeah. that. So I think everyone was a little bit more relaxed. And when that all came in, then we. Yeah, we were still didn't delusional. Leave. Like, oh, it's just going to be a week. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the holidays. That's right. It was a yeah. school holiday. So it's pretty much a year ago, just over a year ago then. Wow. A lot has happened since then. Yes. Yes. So anyway, that was supposed to be an intro that we just kind of went off tangent, but hello. Now we've said hello. Hi. (laughs) And you've got a lot to share, not only um, about your birth, but also your um, conception and your pregnancy as well. So yeah, I think it will help a lot of people. A lot of people will relate to some of the things that you've experienced. Yeah. Hopefully Um, we don't get sick of my voice by the end because I was like, it's it's story lot. after story after story. <laughs> grab grab yourself a tea, relax, <laughs> or perhaps you're listening listening to this on a long drive. So enjoy. <laughs> so do you want to tell us a little bit about your um yeah about your conception journey then? Yeah. So it was day three of our honeymoon. So it was September 2019 that Matt and I, my husband Matt and I, were like, "Yep, it's time. We're." we're ready for a baby yeah. like this is this is happening and I'd been tracking my cycle for a while just because I'd always had kind of hormonal problems I was never diagnosed with anything but you know when you just know something's not quite right yeah yeah um, so I'd been tracking my cycle so when we didn't get pregnant on our honeymoon I didn't really think anything of it I was like yeah cool whatever like to be expected right yeah then the next cycle I was a bit disappointed then the third and fourth cycle I was like, no, something is wrong. Mm. And I know it's perfectly normal not to get pregnant that quickly. Yeah. But there was just something saying there's something wrong here and it's me. It's not Matt, mm. it's me. I just know something is wrong and I'm the problem. So we went to our GP who's always been really, really supportive of us. And she rightly was like, you know, it's still pretty early. Um, yeah. Keep trying, you're not going to a fertility clinic three or four cycles in. Yeah, because what do they say, like a year yeah. after a year or something? Is it that you should 
Yeah, so it's about 12 months usually before a fertility clinic will take you on board as a patient. Okay. Yeah. Unless there is a reason to believe something is wrong. So our GP was really, really great. She's like, look, I'll do all the preliminary testing for you, um, partly because I can bulk bill it, but it'll give you an idea of if you just need to wait or if maybe you are going to need help. Mm-hmm. So we did all the preliminary testing and when she got all our results back, it was kind of everything I'd expected. Matt was like a perfect bill of clean health and fertility. And based off my results, um, she believed I probably had um, PCOS, so polycystic ovary syndrome. And based off of my blood test results, there wasn't enough evidence to suggest that I was ovulating. Oh, wow. Um, which was kind of news to us because we've been getting the little smiley faces on the stick saying, yeah, yeah you're ovulating, have a good time. Mm. So when my bloods were saying, no, that's not right, um, we asked to be referred to a fertility clinic. So she did give us the referral, but as a gynecology patient, okay. not as like a fertility patient. And then she did a couple more months of like just the preliminary test, so the blood test, whilst we waited for that appointment. Um, once we'd seen the fertility specialists, they they did a lot more um, testing. So they went through all the bloods again. Um, you'd go for a high cosy. Oh, and, yeah. Um, once we kind of had all of those test results back and all the ultrasounds back, again, it was kind of what I expected. So Matt, perfect bill of like clean health and fertility, like just loving life. <laughs> but um, I did have polycystic ovary syndrome. Yep. So I guess because it's a syndrome, everyone experiences it a little bit differently. So I didn't have any of the symptoms that would have seen me get diagnosed like in my teens or in my 20s. Mm. I just had all the ones that impact fertility yeah so I didn't get to be one of those fortunate people that have PCOS but just get pregnant straight away I had every month between 28 and 32 follicles on both ovaries so with that many it's just too much so they can't grow big enough so no dominant follicle no egg release no egg release Mm. no baby but then on top of that um, one of my tubes we learnt this at the high cozy one of my tubes tapers off at one end to almost shut. Um, So even if I did get lucky and one of my ovaries was like, yeah, yeah, let's release an egg this month, if it was on the wrong side, it wasn't going to make it anywhere. Okay, yeah. Can you tell us briefly what a high cosy is, just for if anyone doesn't know what that is? Yeah, so a high cosy is, it's a type of, I guess, of internal exam or procedure where you have essentially a tube um, inserted and they put a a dye and a liquid um, up through your fallopian tubes. So the idea is that if they track that dye, they should be able to determine whether or not there's been any damage to either of your tubes or in the event that one of your tubes is blocked for whatever reason, um, what they'll ask you is, like, so with me, they suspected there might have been a blockage. So they Mm -hmm. ask if they can push more liquid through. And they do give you a disclaimer that if there's a blockage... Um, it will clear the blockage. Yeah. If there's something wrong, it's just really going to hurt. Um, so in my instance, it just really hurt. Yeah. Um, I've heard it's pretty intense. It's a strange intense. Like it's manageable mm. in the sense that you just take some painkillers before you go. But one of my girlfriends, she'd had the same thing happen and she actually said to me the week before, she's like, stop trying to be a hero. You need to take Matt with you. He needs mm. to drive you. 
And I'm like, you can drive afterwards. You just take a Panadol. Like, it's yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no reason you can't drive. And she's like, stop it. Take him with you. I was like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. And I'm so glad I did because yes. I don't know what it was. It was maybe 20 minutes after we left. I just broke down. It was like I just had all these hormones, all these emotions mm. just rushing through me. That I was just a mess for the car ride home. Yeah. So I was like, okay, good tip if you ever have to get yes. a high cozy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Take a support tip. person just to drive you oh just in case it's a bit more emotional than you expect. Yeah. Yeah, so you had that done. Yeah, so we had that done. So based off all of our results, um, so now that I guess I did have an issue, that allowed us to move forward with fertility treatments. So we decided um, what was best for us in the first instance was to try ovulation induction. Um, so oh. basically what we had to do there is I had to take medication throughout the beginning of my cycle and then when I was due um, to ovulate, I would need to do a couple of injections and the idea behind that was that the medications would stimulate a bit more growth, um, I guess, for the eggs. So yeah. it should, in theory, create one dominant egg and then allow that egg to release. Yes, yeah. And that first month, we were so excited because mm. I had a dominant egg. It was on the right side, that, like the right tube. Like, this was fantastic. So, like, we were definitely going to get mm. pregnant. So we did everything. It was fantastic. We wa- we waited, and then I got my period. Mm. So we're like, okay, you know, it was just it was just the first time. So you d- you're disappointed, but yeah, of course. I I try to be a realist as much as I can. So I think like, you know we'll we'll just go again and again and again. So we got to about I think it was about my fourteenth cycle since we first started trying. And it was about my sixth round of ovulation induction. And I got my period. Um, it was, I think it was mid-October in 2020 at this point. Um, and so I called up the fertility specialist to book in another cycle. And I'll never forget this. The nurse said, oh, sorry, we don't have a script for you. Um, you'll just have to wait until you've seen your fertility specialist. And I was like, well... No, because you have to start the medication on day one of your cycle. So depending on what time you get your period, either that day or the next day. So I was like, I need the script mm. now. And she's like, no, 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 there's no script here. There's nothing we can do. And I was like, no, I had, I had an appointment three weeks ago. We've decided we we're going to ramp up the medication. We're going to try something a bit stronger to see if that would work. Yeah. And she said no. And I was like, no. If I miss this cycle, so if I wait for my appointment next week, my appointment's next week, I'll miss this cycle because it'll be too late to start. But my next cycle goes into your Christmas shutdown and then the cycle after that starts in your Christmas shutdown. So I'm going to miss three cycles. I'm going to miss mm. three opportunities. Like, I, yeah. we, we, we can't wait. And she said, that just happens, sweetheart. I'm sorry, but that just happens. And I was so upset. So we had um, the appointment with a fertility specialist and Matt and I were like, nah, we're done with ovulation induction. We're booking in for IVF. Mm. So we booked in for IVF for February 2021. No, yeah, 2021. And so we had about a three-month gap between then and when we were booked in for IVF. 
And were you on the medication or it was just so because uh, of that script? Yeah, because we couldn't get that script. There was yeah. about three months. We Medically, there was nothing we could do. Yeah. So we decided that we'd take a bit of time for ourselves. And I was like, I just want to reset. Like, I want to try to unwind. So we went and saw um, my natural health practitioner. And he's the most lovely man I've, I've ever met. Mm. Um, so we went and saw him. And I was like, I just, want, I just want some energy healing. Like, I just want to, I just want to feel good. I just want to feel relaxed. I just want these three months to just to just be me like I don't yeah. I, I want to kind of not not worry it's not investing in myself because we weren't yeah. going to stop trying but we weren't going to get pregnant right and then on New Year's Eve it was like 10 minutes before midnight and I don't know what came over me I think it's because I had like a really big emotional breakdown that day I was crying to my friend about how everyone's getting pregnant except for me and life's just so hard um so I don't know what it was maybe that I was like Matt I'm taking a pregnancy test and he's like why are you taking a pregnancy <laughs> test yeah and I was like well you know we're meant to start IVF I'm like my body's a mess I don't even know mm. when I'm due anymore like all of this stuff has stuffed me up I'm taking a pregnancy test and he's like you're just going to upset yourself you know how you have those like moments where you think oh you know I'm going to take a pregnancy test it's going to be this magical moment between me and my husband Mm. He just told me not to take a pregnancy test. So I wandered off to the bathroom. I'm like, I'm taking one anyway. You're not telling me what to <laughs> he's do. He's secretly doing. But he's walked in. He's like, oh, what are you doing? And I'm yeah. like, I've like thrown it across the room. I'm like, nothing, get out. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, there's a couple of minutes till midnight. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. come back out. We're going to watch the fireworks on TV. Yeah. And I'm like, just get out, just get out. And he's like, okay, cool. Like, you're ruining New Year's Eve or whatever. Um, <laughs> so I picked up the pregnancy test and it was instantly positive. And I was like, okay, there's. There's no, there's no medication in my body. Like, yeah, this is, this is it. Like, we're, we're pregnant. Oh and my gosh. So, like, I ended up telling Matt, like, I was yeah. just like, okay, I'll hide this from you for now. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was just so surreal because we, we'd done everything, and then all of a sudden, we just got pregnant on our own. And everyone always asks us, like, what did you do? What did you do? And I was like, I don't, I don't know, yeah. but. Like, despite popular opinion, I wasn't less stressed. I wasn't mm. more relaxed. We never stopped trying. So I was like, we weren't calm. Yeah, just... you didn't, like, forget about it. Because, you know, some people say, oh, we yeah. forgot about it. And then it happened. Yeah, so I was like, it was, it was none like, of uh, yeah. it was none of that. It just, yeah, it just happened. It just happened. So I was, like, I, was so, yeah, I was like, I'm so excited. Because I was like, oh, you know, our version of hard is over. And if that's our version of hard, like, how good is this? Because, like, ovulation induction, although it didn't work, um, mm. For us, it didn't work. Um, it's a lot less intense than IVF, than IVF. or anything yes. like that is. So I was like, okay, yeah. if that's as hard as our journey to having a baby is going to get, like this is, this is good. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit mistaken about that. <laughs> going to get. <laughs> you didn't yet know what the pregnancy was going to be like. Exactly right. <laughs> but that first week, the first week was super amazing. So that first week yeah. that we knew we were pregnant, I so good I was like I felt so healthy like everything mm. was just brilliant um then the morning sickness yeah um then that, that came started. along yeah so I always thought that morning sickness was similar to a hangover but like a long-term hangover yeah but then what I was feeling it was different I don't really know how to describe it other than saying it was violent like it felt Mm -hmm. very violent um so by the end of that first week of feeling sick 
Um, so the second week we knew we were pregnant. Um, I'd spent nearly every day with my doctor and on mm. the Sunday she was like, you need to go to emergency. You're in far too much pain mm. um, for this to be morning sickness. I need you to go to emergency. Nowhere else is open to do any kind of scanning. We need to rule out as many worst case scenarios as possible. Yeah. So we're in the emergency room. At this point, I was throwing up 12 times a day. Oh my gosh. So you um, couldn't keep anything down? Nothing. Not even, not water. even water. Yeah. Um, I was dehydrated. Um, I'd already lost, so in the space of a week, I'd lost 10% of my body weight, which is wow. kind of terrifying because you probably yeah. need to be gaining weight, right? Yeah. Um, so I was just kind of terrified. And I medically, I don't remember a lot from that trip to emergency because there's two things I remember so vividly. The first, when we got there, when we were getting triaged, we were trying to explain um, like why I was there and how I was feeling. And the nurse looked up at me and said, you do understand that pregnancy is hard, right? You have heard of morning sickness, yeah? And after that, I just kind of became a little bit numb because I was like, okay, I'm yeah you you kind of talking to me like i'm stupid yeah you're like um, is throwing up 12 times a day normal yeah is that normal to you <laughs> so we were kind of like okay and Matt's i hate really that like advocate. almost like that gaslighting yeah. kind of like oh you know you're pre- this is pregnancy yeah and matt matt's a good advocate so he basically said yeah. what you said and we're like this is not normal yeah like just help her this is not normal and then when they took me off for a scan just to rule out anything else potentially like going wrong in my body the obstetrician said to me I'm really not sure why your GP sent you here because if something was wrong it's not like there's anything we can do anyway mm. so like I had they gave me fluids and stuff so in that sense like I, I felt hydrated again at least mm. but I just remember leaving and I was so confused I was like okay I don't understand why the morning sickness remedies aren't working I was I was on medication now. I don't I didn't understand why that hadn't kicked in. Yeah. And I really didn't understand how everyone I knew they went to work. Yeah. They had morning sickness. They just ran to the bathroom maybe once. Yeah. But I was struggling to leave bed. I was like I just don't I don't understand how I could be this weak. Like mm. I, I don't know why I'm so much more pathetic than every person I know because I can't I can't handle this. Yeah. And then um, the next couple of weeks was just pretty much Matt trying to force feed me, me crying, my mum coming over so Matt could work. Um, And it was about, I think it was maybe two or three weeks later, we were back in emergency again. Um, I was still throwing up 12 times a day. I was dehydrated again. And by now I'd lost 16% of my body weight. Oh, my gosh. So you're not big to begin with I yeah <laughs> so I was like it was it was scary and um, my yeah. doctor's like this isn't this isn't great like this weight loss is quite concerning for me um but this time it was really different we when we were in emergency we had this really young male doctor who I try not to judge people very much but I'm like he's just going to give me a drip and like we're going to go home mm. like, is this young male doctor, right? Like, yeah. what's he going to know about pregnancy? He was so... He was, I thought he was just social at first. 
was asking us everything. He was asking us about how we met, about our wedding, about trying to conceive, about how the pregnancy had been for us so far. So I'm just thinking, you know, he's really nice. Mm. And then he's like, okay, um, a lot of people that do need to take medication during their pregnancy find they need to layer these different types of medications. So the ones that you're on the lowest risk, these are other ones you can talk to your GP about. Mm-hmm. He went through everything with us. I was like, oh, okay, like this is really good. And he kept saying something and I was like, I don't know what language he's speaking, but like I have no idea what those words are. Mm. And I kept looking at Matt and I was like, I didn't catch it either. And I was like, okay, well, the emergency room's loud. I'm like, he's told us about yeah. the medications, like I don't. But when we left, he gave us the discharge papers and was like, okay, I want you to take these to your GP like as soon as you can, um, get her to go through them with you and talk to you about all these different medications. So we're on the drive home and I was just reading it because, you know, you don't keep the envelope seat. Yeah. Like, I know. Who actually does that? <laughs> yeah, so I was like, we're clearly going to read it. Obviously going to read it. Envelope. Exactly. And, like written in the middle of it, it said, hyperemesis gravidarum. And we were mm. like, what? Like, are we even saying that right? Like, Sounds like a Harry Potter yeah. um, spell, so <laughs> doesn't like, it? I was like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. I was like, Matt, let's Google. Like, cause you Google yeah. the big words, right? Yeah, of course. So then when we Googled it, we found um, Hyperemesis Australia, which mm. is a charity that's run by a lady um, by the name of Caitlin K. Smith. And she suffered through HG, so Hyperemesis Gravidarum, through both of her pregnancies. Um, and the more we were reading on this site, I was like, okay, this is, this is me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm going through what these women are going through. Yeah. And the more, like, you read the stories, I was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm not crazy. There are people yes. who, there are people who feel the same way as me. And um, then we found, she also set up as a Facebook, like, support group. So we joined that and there was just so many other women that were experiencing the exact same things as me yeah. that had tips that helped. So like where I said I couldn't even stomach water, it was just all these posts about, yeah, I can't stomach water, try frozen Coke. We don't know what it is, frozen Coke works. So I'm like, Matt, get me frozen Coke. Yeah. And magically they stay down. I don't know oh my what gosh. it is. I don't know yeah. what the science behind it is. But yeah, when we couldn't wow. stomach anything... It was a frozen coat yeah. three times a day, day. Wow. So I was like, it was, it was nice to be able to see I'm not crazy. That yes. That there was other people going through it. And it's strange now because in hindsight, like looking back at it, it's the hardest thing that I think I've ever done physically and, and mentally. So from like a physical side of things, I ended up being um, bedridden and like could barely crawl from the bed to the bathroom for about 10 weeks. Then um, after that, it was better. Like I was Mm. in bed, but I was still barely functioning. So Mm. most days I made it from like the bed to the couch or when I did um, eventually go back to work, I made it from the bed to the dining table. I'd work from there. Okay, yeah. I'm lucky I have the I have the world's best boss. Um, so he was super supportive the whole way through it. Mm. So the amount of times I was messaging him being like, I'm so sorry, I can't attend this meeting. Like, we've gone downhill. He's like, it's fine. <laughs> Just take care of you. It's, yeah. It's fine. Um, but then you kind of end up in this, like, I guess, catch-22 because 
you're so exhausted and sick and you're not functioning that you kind of can't take care of yourself. Like I didn't, I didn't leave the house. I didn't go for walks. Yeah. So you lose all your muscle mass. But then because mm. you've lost all your muscle mass, it makes it harder to function. So you slowly just kind of become weaker and weaker. Mm. But you're trying to grow this little human. Yeah. And you're like, well, you know, I need to try not be weak because I need to give, give something <laughs> to you. Yeah. And then um, from the mental health side of things, I want to be really careful with, I guess, how I how I word this. So mentally, I think I was probably in the darkest place I've ever been. And the longer you're kind of by yourself with your own thoughts, the darker and, and darker it gets. Um, there's probably still some things I'm still a bit ashamed that I felt I felt that way. Um, but um, again, I want to be really careful how I say this next bit because when you're going through something, everybody around you really wants to help you. Mm. But the tricky thing is they probably don't actually know how. Yeah. Um, so everybody's really good intentions really hurt. Um, so there was days where I felt like I was stuck in this loop of everybody gets morning sickness, Mindy. It's not that bad. Have you tried ginger? You really need to eat something. You'll feel a lot better if you eat. You need to think about the baby. You need to do this for the baby. Have you tried ginger? I mean, do you think after trying so hard to get pregnant, you'd get over feeling a bit sick, right? Oh, and have you tried ginger? <laughs> it's just this loop yeah. that you're kind of stuck in because you're at home with your thoughts. And you're like, okay, I'm glad you all think I'm really weak because mm. I think that too. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in my early 30s. I, I'm, I'm pregnant. I'm, I'm meant to be this happy, glowing person. Mm. I spend every day thinking about how I'm failing my husband, how I'm failing the baby. And you're just stuck. Mm. You're just stuck in that rut. And there was one day I was really, really bad. And I ended up, it was quite early in the pregnancy, and I ended up telling one of my friends that, hey, we're pregnant and I don't feel good. And I must have said something, because we were just chatting online, I must have said something that she realised she's not okay. Mm. And um, she rang me and was like, okay, first of all, I feel your pain. And I was like, yeah, you know, like, thanks. And she's like, no, 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 I feel your pain. So we worked out she was pregnant too. She was due two weeks before I was. Um, but she was really good. She was so supportive. And there was one thing she said to me and it, it kind of stuck with me and helped me through some of the harder times when I admitted to her how dark some of my thoughts were she turned around and said this isn't you you are mm. sick it's not great but your sickness is always going to be louder than you're happy so you are happy mm. you are happy you're pregnant you are happy with everything you're just sick yeah and it kind of helped me see that it was just the fact that I was sick that you were, I don't want to say depressed, but you're so down. So yeah. it kind of allowed me to go in those moments, okay, I am feeling this, I am thinking these things, but this is not who I am. Yeah. It's as just a my thoughts because I'm sick all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah, of course. And my mum used to always say to me as well, like on really bad days, because, you know, pregnancy feels really long when 
you're only a couple of weeks in yeah. and you already want to give up. <laughs> um, she used to always say to me, okay, I know this is really hard. I just want you to survive today mm. and we will deal with tomorrow, tomorrow. Day and by I'm, day, yes. I'm like, no, there's this many weeks ahead. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, but we don't care about that. Yeah. We care about today. You just have to survive today. Break it. I guess like a good workout, right? You just break it down break, into increments yeah. and then maybe, maybe you'll get through it. Yes. Um, but it's, it's strange to look back on it now because there's one part of me that thinks, that was really hard. You, know, you wouldn't wish it upon anybody. But although I was medicated through the whole pregnancy, um, I ended up having, I think I said, about 10 weeks off work where I was in, in bed and then a couple of days after that where I was mm. just a mess. For a lot of it, I kind of felt like I was a bit of a, a shell of myself. Mm. Um, we barely left the house. So aside from going like to the GP in the hospital, probably only left the house a couple of times but by about I think it was 20 weeks pregnant we found medication that worked for me oh. um, so if I took my medication in the right order at the right time of day I could get about a six to eight hour window where I didn't vomit so it was just enough to help me keep down a meal or two yeah in that day so in that sense I still think I'm one of the really lucky ones because some some women don't find that they don't find a medication mm. that works for them and you know as much as it was hard I'm I'm grateful that I did like I, I can't yeah. imagine I can't imagine what it would be like if you didn't not having a break at all that. yeah yeah and I also like from a mental health side of things I had a, I did have a lot of support mm. I had my husband who stood by me through everything I had my mum who dropped everything to come for, care for me. I had really mm. good friends. As I mentioned before, I had an amazing boss that supported me. And then the other thing, um, I had you. So I don't know if we ever told you this about the HG, but um, before we booked in with you, I actually messaged one of our cousins. And it was like, you know, I really want to do um, hypnobirthing with Tina. Um, I'm just really worried that I'm not going to be well enough. I'm worried that all the anxiety I have around being pregnant, I'm just not going to be able to sit with this. Do you think... Mm do you think this is going to help me or should I basically just kind of give up on life? And she was like, no, 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 there's a couple of meditations in there that might help like around your anxiety. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So we're like, okay, cool, like we'll book in. Um, and they did. So although like, you know, it's not a miracle cure, it doesn't make you feel better, just that fear release one that you did, it was just yeah. enough that when you're in those moments of anxiety to just to be able to release, release some of it. Yeah, God, it's really nice. Yeah, um, and you took um, you took the edge off my dreams. I don't think we ever told you this one either. Oh, really? Um, the two weeks before Emily was born, um, I kept having this reoccurring dream that she birthed herself. That I would wake up and be like, Matt, her head is out. I'm having a baby, and he'd be like, No, you're not. Go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> And it was so vivid and it was every oh, night. And you, you like felt it. Like yeah. those, yeah, some yeah. of those pregnancy dreams are crazy. So vivid, right? And they wake you up. So I was like, okay. So yeah. then we were doing fear releases before bed. So I was like, okay, okay I can cool. kind of do yeah. like a fear release and do some of the affirmations before bed. The dreams didn't feel quite, quite mm. as intense. Yeah, like calm the subconscious yeah. or calm the conscious mind and 
get those positive messages in before you go to sleep. That's actually a great tip. Well, I'm glad that that helped. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And uh, you know what, something that a lot of people, and I think I mentioned this in the class, that women who have HG, it almost like they can't wait for the birth because then they know it's over. Yes. <laughs> it's almost like another affirmation, like, my baby's coming. I'm not going to feel sick anymore. That was, um, it was funny. I said to Matt, I was like, as soon as this baby's out, um, call my mum, get her to go to Boost Juice, and I want... <laughs> Uh, lemon and orange juice. I'm like, I just want citrus. Yes. I was like, I can't wait till I can start to start citrus again. Citrus. But we were in yes. lockdown, so I was like, okay, I've got no boost juice, but oh my God. I could eat. So basically how your pregnancy worked was when you could finally get out of bed and function for periods at a time, you then went into lockdown. Yeah. Is that kind of how you... Yeah, I was just kind of... kind of how it went. Since like 20... <laughs> The first lockdown in like you 2020. I've just been in a lockdown. Oh my god! Lockdown since. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your how your labour started. How that happened. How many weeks you were. So I was 37 weeks oh, and six days. Oh. And it was a Sunday morning, and we woke up, and it was really unusual because I felt good. I'd kind of forgotten what that felt like. Mm. So it was it was strange. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I amazing it was super early so I was like I'll get up um, and I'll just go to the bathroom and start my day so I get up do what you need to do I stood up and I was like oh okay that's that's a lot of water like I think my waters have broken and it was a Sunday morning and Matt he's gonna kill me for saying this he's not a morning person so I called out to him I was like Matt my water has broken and he called back you've probably wet yourself I'm like, no, Matt. Go back to sleep. I'm like, my water's broken. He's like, it hasn't. You've wet yourself. Go back to bed. I'm like, but it's not stopping and there's a lot. Yeah. Well, why don't you call the hospital then? I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I called the hospital and I was like, you know, I think my waters have broken. Um, Like, what do you want me to do? So like, just put on a nighttime pad, call us back in an hour and we'll ask you some questions about how much water there is. They're like do you think you've had any contractions? I was like, I definitely haven't. Mm. Like, I'm just leaking a lot of liquid. They're like, okay, cool, call us back in an hour. And by the time I finished the phone conversation, Matt's woken up. So then, then he was a bit more involved. So then he's like, okay, like what colour is the liquid? Like what does it mm. smell like? What, what can we remember from what Tina has taught us? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, okay, yeah, that's like, I think you're right. I think your waters have broken. So about an hour later, we called the hospital back and they're like, okay, so roughly how much water would you say um, you've leaked? Like, how wet is that pad? And I was like, soaked through. My clothes are soaked through. I'm sitting in a pile of water on the floor. Yeah. And they're like, okay, yeah, your water's... <laughs> That's your water's... Your water's are broken. Yeah. You need to come into the hospital. And it was super early Sunday morning. So we're like, is this like urgent? Because I'm not having any contractions yet. Mm. And they're like, no, but you do need to come in there. Like, have a shower, have breakfast. So we went into the hospital and it's in the middle of lockdown. So they took me into the observation room by myself. So Matt was somewhere else. And it was kind of surreal because we're just like messaging each other from opposite rooms while I'm pressing a button every time, like every time the baby kicks. And they came back in, the nurse came back in and like, yeah, your waters have broken. Um, We are gonna send you home you need to come back first thing tomorrow morning unless we see you sooner. 
Hmm. Because we're going to need to induce it in. But they're like, other than that, go home, relax, like in, enjoy your day. Just, just wait. Yeah. So we went home and we were so relaxed. And I think that was the moment we realised just how much we had actually learnt from you. Because the fact that my waters had broken changed everything in terms of how we felt about inductions and types of inductions and things like mm. that. But the car ride home, we were on the same page about what what it meant for us, how we both felt about how it's potentially going to change the birth. But I was so calm. I was like, she's coming. Like, mm. I just, she's going to do her thing. Like, we're, we're fine. Yeah. And that's like, you haven't had a contraction, but okay, cool. Like, <laughs> you're relaxed. Carry yes, on. yes. So we got home and we did that. We just relaxed the whole day. Like, we did, did nothing. We just hung out, made sure the car was packed. Um, we just did nothing. Mm. And it got to about 9 p.m. And I was like, Matt, I've had a surge. <laughs> I think I've had a surge. Yeah. And Matt's like, if you think you have, you probably haven't. And he's like, why don't you go to bed? And I was like, well, I think I've had a surge. And he's like, go to bed because if it was one, it's going to wake you up. Mm. If it wasn't, you'll get a good night's sleep. Yep. So I was like, you know what, you're right. When you're right, you're right. Mm -hmm. Go to bed. And then I woke up at 11 and I was like that was okay like that yeah. was surge like you can't. it's woken you up then yeah. you know yeah I was like you can't mistake that and I'm like yeah. okay check the time I was like yeah it's 11 p.m so I was like okay two hours apart mm. I'll go back to sleep and before I could get back to sleep I was like okay that's a surge mm. <laughs> so I checked the time I'm like okay that was 15 minutes so I was like okay I'm like, no, they're going to be irregular right mm. so I was like okay like I'll just I'll chill out I'll try to relax I might fall asleep and I was like, okay, no, that's, that's another surge. And it was 11.30. So I was like, okay, we're, we're probably 15 minutes apart. So I woke Matt up and I was like, yes, it's, it's happening. Mm. We, we need to get up. And he was amazing. He got up. He went out into our living room and built me like a little nest um, and went, went through everything. I didn't even have to think. It was so good. He had the music playing, like everything that we wanted to try in terms of like pain relief or to make me comfortable. He was all over it. Before mm -hmm. I even thought, oh, you know, I might be getting a little bit dehydrated or anything like that. There was a drink bottle for me there ready to go. Like it was it was so good. Like I'm so yeah. glad he learned as much as he did from you because he really took like when you said, I can't remember your exact words, I think it was something like, um, like your job is to support them so that all she has to think about is birthing. Yeah. And he took that so seriously, like so, <laughs> so seriously. <laughs> That's but so cute. It was, it was really, really yeah. nice. And I think we got to about maybe about 2 a.m. And the thing that kind of threw me about my surges was I felt them in my hips, like they were really mm. sharp in my hips. And I started to get to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm really uncomfortable. Mm. I can't get comfortable in any of the positions that I want to birth in. And um, I'm like, I want to go to the hospital. And Matt's like, no, they're only nine minutes apart. Like, we don't need to go yeah. to the hospital yet. Just relax at home. And I was like, no, Matt, like, we're going to the hospital. He's like, you can just relax. Like, I'll call the hospital. It's fine. We don't have to come in yet. I was like, no, I would like some drugs. <laughs> Please drive me to the hospital. <laughs> and he's like, okay, like if you want pain relief, I'll take you to the hospital. Yeah. So the car was already packed. 
Um, we just grabbed like some like water bottles and some snacks for us and like the, my pillow and stuff like that. So we get in the car, he helps me like into the car and we're reversing out the driveway and we kind of stopped and he looks over at me and he's like, please don't kill me. I'm just thinking, what? Like, what could he possibly be bringing up like at this time? Mm. So like innocently and so sweetly. He said, we don't have any petrol. Oh, I was like, how did we... We went to the hospital this you just morning. <laughs> how did we relax so much that nobody checked the petrol? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, what the heck is going on? So we drive to 7-Eleven and Matt's filling up the car and meanwhile I'm having surges, like, trying to breathe into my pillow thinking I don't want to give birth at 7-Eleven. Like, it's going to be on camera. Like, yeah. this is not how I envisioned this happening. And also the car's so uncomfortable, right? Yeah. The car's like the – that's the – Often the worst part of the labour is sitting in the car and just, you know, trying to get comfortable. And it feels it feels so long. Long, yeah. yeah. And I, at the time, I thought, you know, it feels so long, but my contractions must just be really close. Mm. And it wasn't until months later that a friend of ours said to Matt, when we were telling them the story... You're pretty lucky, though, because it's not too far from your house to the hospital, so you probably only needed to put, like, $10 of petrol in. And Matt goes, no, I filled the tank. No. <laughs> what? No wonder it felt so long. We were there for ages. <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong with my husband? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm oh, like, my okay. gosh. But we did make it to the hospital. I yeah, didn't, I didn't have to that's good. The car. We made it to the hospital. And... <laughs> It's all the weird, like all the weird things about being a lockdown mum, right? So we get mm. to the hospital, and you have to check in. You have to be wearing a mask. Like you've got to get the little stickers to stick on you. So I remember walking in, and we'd stopped a few times between the car and the entrance to emergency, um, just because I was like, no, surge happening up. I want to be down on the ground on all fours. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we made it in there, and just as like I got out my phone to check in, I had a surge. And the people that work at the desk where you normally check in, they're like, miss, miss, you're having a baby. You don't need to check in. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll just get the sticker. They're like, no, 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 no. We're going to get you a wheelchair. You don't need to do any of this. It's fine. I'm like, I don't we know. can see you're, you're in labour. Yes. Yes. I'm like, I'm so, I thought we all had to do this. I'm so confused. <laughs> and then we made it up to the, um, into the birthing suite. And the midwife we had was so respectful of our birth preferences um, she read through them all and um, got us settled in the room and she asked us if we were okay with her just doing a quick vaginal exam just to see how far along we were and she asked whether or not I actually wanted to know because that mm. was one of the things we had in our birth references yep. that I actually had in my birth references I didn't want to know yeah but she probably seen enough mums come through that like she's going to change her mind on that I'll just ask yeah yeah so um, I was like yep tell me and she was about four to five centimetres she set us up in the room like told us where everything was and was like look you're a first time mum you're going to be here for a really long time um <laughs> I, I saw that IRL Tina because <laughs> I've heard it many times yeah. and it's just so like you're probably at that point nearing transition well I think well I sort of know your story but you're going to tell us but I know a lot of people who are at that point are at transition and they're like peak surges and they think, I can't do this anymore. And then someone tells you, you're not going to give birth today. Yeah. It's going to be a while. And then you think, 
I'm done, right? Like yeah. you want to, you know, you want to give up. So we were kind of like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, not even maybe, maybe halfway, maybe. Um, yeah. So we're like, okay, cool. No worries. I'll like, give me the gas. Yeah. And they're like, okay, like that's, that's fine. Um, I guess they gave us the gas and like, we're going to leave you. We'll, we'll come check back in every couple of hours with you just to, just to check how you're going. And we were pretty, like, we are pretty chilled out. The mm. gas, um, it did work for me. It took the edge off. Yeah. So I was obviously still, like, feeling my surges, but it was enough that I didn't feel like I was in pain yeah. anymore. Like, it brought it back to kind of being manageable. Mm-hmm. So we were just chilling out. We had our music going. Um, I might have hit the gas a little bit too hard at one point because <laughs> there's kind of, like, a blur of, like, an hour that I don't really <laughs> remember. <laughs> and I asked Matt. Like a couple of months later, yeah. I was like, "Was I was I good? Like, or was I whingy? Was I in pain? I, I don't really remember how I was." Yeah, and he was like, "Yeah, there was a good hour there where you were like, do you know we're having a baby today? <laughs> I'm gonna have a baby. Did you know that? <laughs> I love you so much. We're having a baby." Oh. And he was just like, "Yeah, good. I'm glad to. I yeah. didn't know that. <laughs> After I'm with the gas, like, you look like you're enjoying life. Yeah, you go. yeah." And then it was about – so we're just, like, we're just chilling out. Like, it all mm. felt very manageable. And it got to about five to six. And it was like – it was like I just woke up. Mm. And I was like, get me an epidural. Like, I was screaming for this epidural. So mm. um, the midwife has come back in. And she was so lovely. She was like, you know, the epidural wasn't the next thing in your birth plan. Are you sure you wouldn't like to try these other things? first and I was like nah get me an epidural then she's like okay like if that's what you want I'll get it and I was like begging it like at this point mm-hmm. like, I'd like take a breath and then I was like begging I'm like I need to sleep if you don't give me an epidural now I'm not going to be able to sleep I'm not going to make it through this I need to sleep you don't understand I have to go to sleep and I was like screaming it at them and she's like do you mind so she put the cannula in and she's like do you mind if I just check how you've progressed you might be another centimeter you might be about six centimeters by now which is a little bit quicker than some women and I was like do what you want I don't care yeah and she pulled back like the gown and I'll never forget the look on their faces she looked down at me up at Matt they both stared at each other looked back at me stared at each other looked back at me and I was like the dream fucking came true <laughs> I'm like Oh my god! I'm like, it came true. I'm like, are you kidding me? And they're looking at each other like, who's going to tell her? And the midwife looks up at me and says, "Your epidural's not coming. She's crowned. When you're ready, gentle pushes." Um. So I was like, she did it. I knew this kid was going to birth herself. Oh my like, god! Um, which makes sense now. Like me screaming. For the epidural yeah. to sleep that we had. We'd kind of forgotten transition was a thing at that point. Yeah, and you probably weren't expecting it. Like yeah. if it had been longer, you'd be like, you know, or Matt would remember, oh, yes, transition. But because you had been checked, how long before that? It was only like three three hours. Three right? hours, yeah. So you, pro- you probably probably didn't even cross your yeah. mind. But no wonder you dilated from like, what, four or five centimetres to ten to baby have descended Yeah, <laughs> down the canal already. <laughs> so we were that's like, intense okay. and then it was only 15 minutes so I had 15 minutes of pushing and wow. she was out but she was on my stomach and they're like the cord's the cord's not long enough we have to leave yeah. her on your stomach 
And originally I'd said that I wanted to birth the placenta without any assistance, so without the synthetic um, oxytocin. Yeah. But we did end up changing our mind on that. The midwife was like really good about it, but there was a few different reasons that we ended up um, changing our mind. Um, so we ended up doing that. Matt waited until the cord had finished pulsing and gone white and then he cut it. Um, Emily, so our daughter, she did the, the breast crawl, so she clamped it up latched on oh my gosh. It, like everything was amazing like we yeah. had this baby and I remember the midwife saying I'm just going to call the obstetrician in um, I think you might have torn a bit so I'm just I'm just going to put your legs up while we wait for them to mm. come in and quite a few of my friends had told me like they're like oh I tore like you don't even feel it when they stitch you up yeah um, you're going to be fine so I wasn't really paying any attention to the midwife at that point. I saw the OB walk in, but I didn't really care. I was just so wrapped up. Yeah. Like, I was just so wrapped up in Emily. And then the obstetrician poured, I'm assuming it was saline, over me. And I screamed my lungs out. I was in so much pain. And as if I wasn't even in the room, the OB said, I can't fix that, and walked out. So then the midwife has followed them. Matt and I are kind of like in panic mode because yeah. I'm screaming again and in pain and they've just kind of kind of left. Um, so I was like, you can't, what do you mean you can't fi- – like what happened? Yeah. What do you mean you can't fix it? And then the midwife again, she was amazing. So she came back in and was like, okay, your tearing is quite severe. Um, we're going to maximise as much um, – breast time so mm-hmm. get as much colostrum out as we can um, for your baby and as much skin to skin but then you are going to go to theatre so she looked at Matt she's like you shirt off you'll be taking over once we take her mm-hmm. um, and at that point Matt kind of started to panic a little bit so yeah. he's like what do you mean like why are you taking her what's happened and she was really really good at explaining it she was like look we've just poured like saline we've poured water over her and look how much pain she is in yeah. If we try to repair her here, it, it's inhumane. She's in pain. She, yeah. need, she needs to be unconscious for this. Yeah. yeah. And you want her to be in the right setting. It's a lot easier for the doctors in a theatre. Yeah. So she's like, it's it's best for everyone if we do this in a theatre. Mm-hmm. So Matt was kind of like, okay. And then they came in to transport me to theatre. So then Matt's taken Amelie. And it's so weird. Because you've just had this baby. Mm. You've been wheeled out of the room away from the baby. And there's like the transport nurse that's like, oh, hi, congratulations. I heard you've just had a baby. And you're like, yeah, like, okay, like, yeah. yeah. And he's like, did you have a boy or a girl? Like, do you have a name picked out? Like, how exciting is this your first? Like, so excited for you. Yeah. And you're like... I guess he's right. I guess this is really exciting, but like I'm being wheeled away from them. And yes. Then... And how long was that? Sorry, after you gave birth, do you know, or is it all kind of fuzzy? It was. It was really. It was quick. It felt quick. Mm. I want to say probably maybe 10, 15 minutes. Oh wow. Okay. Like it was. It was really. Yeah. Yeah. It was really quick, which I now know it's because I was bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when they wheel you away to theatre, you get to theatre, and it's just person after person. What's your full name? Do you understand why you're here? Do you have any allergies? Mm. I remember thinking, like, it happens so quickly, but you know how your mind is racing? Yeah. I remember thinking, I really hope they will me back. 
mm, this is going to be so like if, if something goes wrong it's so unfair to Matt like how's Matt going to do this on his own mm. like this is so unfair and it was only a couple of weeks after she was born that Matt was like yeah I was sitting in the other room like terrified that you weren't coming back mm. but I think it was like the fourth person that was like what's your full name do you know why you're here initial this um, we're going to do all these other things to you like we might need to do all these other things while you're under because it's just going to be easy if we do it now and then do it later. Um, initial here. But I was like, I'm going to do a few of these. I want to try and remember mm. as much of that as I can remember and just see what happens because it's been coming me down through pregnancy. Mm. So all these fears yeah. I have about not coming back, like I'm just going to do my best to release them. Mm. And then I woke up and I was in the maternity ward and – Matt and Emily were asleep next to me and I was like, okay, like, we're here. Like, <laughs> I have my perfect little family. They're, yeah. they're all asleep, so I'll just chill here by myself. I guess, but yeah. <laughs> Swear for them to wake up. They'll wake up soon. Yeah. That was the you one did thing. it. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the one thing I really loved about um, the hypnobirthing classes. There were so many things in there that I didn't think I would use somewhere else in my life, mm. but I did. So I was like, yeah. it was really good that it's not just this one specific use for this thing. Yeah. I was like, it just it just helps. Just for general calming in any sort of stressful situation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's so true. And just, yes, we're, you know, we're specifically learning about it for labour and birth, but it's all about calming your mind, like recognising your thoughts, sort of like what your friend was saying as well, like your thoughts are not you, just thoughts that yeah. you have. And I think when you... When you realise that, it's very empowering to know, yeah, I'm going to have these thoughts. This is just what's going to happen. But it's not me and I know how to just recognise them and kind of let them go and keep myself calm no matter what the situation is. And obviously, you know, you hadn't planned for to need surgery straight after the birth and especially after feeling that high of giving birth like oh my gosh I did it and then straight away to have to go okay to go into surgery now by myself um that would have been really hard so just having access to tools to keep you calm I mean yeah it just would have made it a lot smoother for you so I'm really glad that it helped yeah thank you yeah oh thank you so much for sharing your story I think there's lots of things in there that are going to be helpful um, for a lot of women. Uh, I know a lot of women will relate to um, your experience with HG as well and pregnancy, fertility. Was there anything you wanted to share about postpartum? I, like all things considered, I recovered from the birth like really well. Yeah. The, probably the biggest thing postpartum that if I guess anyone didn't know about it or if someone is suffering HG, that part is hard. So mm. you've just spent, you know, anywhere from, for me, I think it ended up being sort of like from week six to week 37. So, you know, 30 weeks, not eating, being sick. So you have to recover from that. And I think one thing a lot of people don't know is however long you suffer with HG, it can take you twice as long to recover. Mm. So um, Emily's almost 11 months now and I'm still pretty yeah. weak compared to how I was. I'm still about 8% under my pre-pregnancy weight and I mm. still have days when my body is just in pain. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy. I'm functioning. Mm. I can eat. Yeah. Like, that, that's great. So I was like, all those <laughs> things, good. I was like, yeah. But because it can take twice as long, 
I'm just giving myself a grace period. So I was like, okay, I'm giving myself yeah. 18 months just to be kind and just to be gentle. Yes. And I think probably the biggest thing for me that I've just – I mean, you always know it, but it's just been reinforced through trying to conceive, then through pregnancy, through birth, through postpartum, is that heart is relative. So somebody could be listening to this story now thinking – man, this girl's life sucks. Like, I mm. don't want that ever. But someone could be listening to it thinking, are you serious? That's kind of easy. I would trade you for that. Yeah. But yeah. it's relative, right? Like, yeah, your version of hard is your version of hard. My version of hard is my version of hard. So I just keep thinking to myself, if someone's trusting me with their version of hard, just be gentle with them because to yeah. them it's hard. Or when, like, when you're in your own version of hard, sometimes it'd be impossible all the time, but where you can try to be gentle with yourself because there was days where I thought, I'm not, I'm not surviving this. Mm. But I surprised myself and yeah. I did. Yeah. You're stronger than you thought you were. Yeah. So I was mm. like, there's, you'll surprise yourself with how strong, yeah. how strong and how capable yeah. you actually are. Yeah. And uh, that's a really good point regarding recovery as well because that's something I wouldn't have thought about. You need to, I mean, the average person needs to recover from the birth being a marathon, but, you know, having carried a baby for nine months and that baby being a leech and depleting you and (laughs) all that stuff. But then you had such a long time of not being able to keep down food and, you know, just being physically exhausted from HG, so you've also got that on top of it. So, yeah, being gentle with yourself, mums. I think that's really great advice. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me.